You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Loyalty's my favorite characteristic of God, but finding it in it is hard. It's like trying to find God. You're the only one in your camp with cheese. You pay for everything they eat. Man, that insecurity is deep. Now I ain't said no names. These are just theories if you hear me, baby. It's home. You must admit it's kind of eerie, baby. Like them chemtrails in the sky. Rising, everyone. Welcome to the day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. And y'all know I'm so elated to be back with you all on this magnificent Monday. Of course, it's also a Black Star Power Monday because we got Kenneth Kellogg in the building from Das Rheingold uh, coming to you from Seattle Opera. This is an amazing show, but I'm excited that he is here. I get to talk to him all about his work in opera, how he got started, and some of the roles he's played that I've been able to see him in y'all so I'm a real fan girl over here excited that he is in the building with me but of course y'all know it is the top of the show so it's a great time for you to participate with us yeah you you (laughs) go ahead tag and share this stream with folks who you feel could benefit from a daily dose of dopeness right here on the day with Trey if you cannot watch us we definitely have you covered because you can listen to us anywhere you find your favorite podcast just search Converge Media Network and the day with Trey y'all will find me on Google Spotify iTunes SoundCloud Apple Music I'm telling you, there's like 200 plus platforms. So pick your favorite one and y'all will find me there. But excited to be visual for those of you who can watch this TV show and really appreciate y'all who have been spreading the word. Uh, Before I get into it today with Kenneth, of course, it has been a while since y'all have seen my face. And I'm so grateful for the time to be able to take away and do some self diving y'all um in kemet which is the name for ancient egypt because it wasn't called egypt all the time it was called kemet so i was there with 117 amazing people from all over the world who came together to do the kemet new know thyself tour and i tell y'all we got hours and hours of footage to share. So I'm going to try to whittle it down. And on one of these future episodes, y'all will see me do a whole promotion for us to share some of the great lessons that we learned over there, but also some of the great history that was there put by ancestors thousands of years ago that really was so enlightening to all of us on the tour. And it's one of those things that I would highly suggest people go and check out because sometimes Egypt isn't like a widely, you know, chosen destination when you're thinking about traveling. Uh, But this was far beyond a vacation. Uh, Many folks really identified it as a pilgrimage, um, as an educational tour, as a boot camp, they were saying, uh, because it was day and night. We were learning. We were out at the, you know, temples and the MERS, which, you know, we know as the pyramids. We were out at these amazing sites early in the morning trying to beat the sun uh, because the sun was grueling, y'all. And then we would come back, have a a break or lunch, and then get into a lecture about all that we saw. And so there was so much information. Shout out to Kim at New Tours and Ashra and Mawira Crazy for their tireless dedication to this work and the efforts that they brought to make sure that they could do this. Now it's 41 years of existence of taking people um, back to Kim and really giving folks the understanding and the exposure to the truths that are 
stoned, etched in stone, as they call the books in stone, uh, by our ancient ancestors. And it was just so heartwarming, y'all, for me to be in the presence of greatness of our ancient ancestors. When you see these um, sites on TV or on the internet or in books, it just, I'm telling you, it doesn't do it justice. When you're next to hundred foot tall monuments that have kings and queens etched in the stone to really understand that there is brilliance that we come from. It was uh, to say the least, it was like a lifetime experience that I am excited to share with more and more people. So I'll probably be going back, y'all, because it's like you only get to scratch the surface. And we did all kinds of things. So we got tons of great footage to show y'all all those great things. I just wanted to give you a little snippet of what your girl's been up to while I was gone. And I got to give a huge shout out to my Converge team. I know there was plenty of great people behind the scenes making things happen and plenty of great people in front of the camera making things happen as well shout out to uh yeah okay sorry y'all i'm gonna give my shout out right after this short break hold on stay tuned we'll be right back i just want to encourage people to really believe in yourself even when nobody else does because it's gonna be like that it's gonna be like that the people that you feel like should be supporting you when you first come out the gate they may not support you. Your family, your friends, they may not get on, you know, get on board until you're successful or whatever. But just keep going and believe in yourself. Support yourself first. And the support will come. The reciprocity will come. But if you don't do it for yourself, you can't really expect anyone else to do it for you. So my biggest piece of advice is you show up even when no one else shows up. You just keep showing up because that consistency tells the universe that you're serious. And then you'll look up one day and you'll have all the support. You'll have more support than you ever thought was possible. So yeah, believe in yourself. Hey, I'm Basil Gordon. You may have heard my voice on Hits 106.1 or seen me on Converge Media, but now I'm coming to TV. I'm hosting the newest show on Fox 13 called Back to Basa. Check us out every weekend for the hottest topics, interviews, the latest trends, and uplifting stories. We're going to have so much fun, and teens, we got you too. Back to Base is Saturday nights, 10.30 on Fox 13, and Sundays at 10 a.m. on Fox 13 Plus. Big Tobacco thinks they know everything. They think they know you, your community. The places you go, the way that you spend your time. They think they got you all figured out. Down to a formula, a calculation based off of numbers of what they think they know. Show them they're wrong. Learn more at theythinktheyknowyou.org. Well, there it was. I was giving a shout out to my Converge crew. And as always, huge shout out to my director, Curtis Cuddy Delgado, for making sure that our stream stays nice and live for y'all with no glitches. But of course, there were so many people that carried the show. Shout out to Eric and Besa and Deontay and all the guests that came through while I was away. I just love and appreciate this Converge family to the utmost degree, because honestly, it does take a family to 
to make these things happen. So I'm so grateful that they were able to step in in my stead and keep it going for y'all Monday through Friday here at 11. And before I get to Kenneth, I got to say a huge shout out to everyone who was on the tour with me. Uh, those of you who have made this pilgrimage, you understand that it is a life changing experience, but it was so great to be with so many phenomenal folks who we got to connect with over the time, really bonding as friends and family and having each other's backs and sharing stories and experiences. Um, I'm telling y'all, if you can make your way to Kemet, I'm going to tell you it is life changing. Um, you will come back renewed and refreshed and probably understanding your purpose even more because when you understand that ancient history and your role in it now, like the continuation, it's like mind blowing. So huge shout out to everyone uh, for being there, for going on that boot camp with us. We rolled it out, y'all. We made it home. Uh, but of course, I get to now talk to Kenneth Kellogg, man. He's a phenomenal star. I just got to first see him in the uh, opera Blue. And y'all know that was my first opera. And I talk about it a lot. But here he is right here on the set with me. What's up, Kenneth? <laughs> hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Well, <laughs> so good to be here. I'm so glad to have you here. You know, we got to interview one of your colleagues for Blue. And yeah. so I'm glad that you're here now. But before we get into everything, I mean, you got to tell us your story, the start of you utilizing your voice in the world of opera. Oh, it's it's a it's it's a long story. I'll give you a short version. Um, you know, I was a, I was a quiet kid. I was a shy kid and I had amazing teachers in school. In elementary school, I met my first love, <laughs> um, music, through my elementary school music teacher. Her name is Carolyn Glover. I talk about her all the time because at that point, you know, talk about history and lineage and continuation, like she was changing my life and I didn't even know it. You know, she loved music so much and she infused that passion in me that it became my passion. So every opportunity I got to sing and I thought about her and that love she had for music and I just continued and my path grew from that, you know, I went to performing arts high school in Washington, D.C., Duke Ellington School of the Performing Arts. And from there, I got scholarships to go to University of Ohio um, and then University of Michigan, then Academy of Vocal Arts. An opportunity kept coming to do music because of this love and passion I had for it. And it's just grown and gotten bigger over my life. Yeah, you know, it's so amazing to hear when stories have so much longevity like that, because you never know where a passion may take yeah. you when you're a young person, yeah, yeah. you know, and it's a great re reminder, I think, for a lot of young people who find themselves kind of dibbling and dabbling and stuff. But it's like I tell my sons now, when you find the thing that really is like moving you, it's amazing because yeah. you stick with it and you'll see some real results from yeah. it. So as, as you kind of come out of school and, you know, doing it in, you know academically how was it for you to make that trek to the professional world um that's often a difficult path for singers because you go from this protected environment of the university and people telling you what to do and what to sing to all of a sudden having to make choices for yourself you know what do i want to sing what companies do i want to work for and then you have in operas it's, it's an expensive art form you have to find your way how to navigate to opportunity. And I, I think a lot of singers have difficulty finding opportunity in an art form that you know, it's kind of a niche market for some people. Um, so I was able, again, to find great mentors. I was able to, you know, I say I often tell singers to find their community. I was able to find people 
who believed in me and who appreciate what I had to offer the art form and just kind of, kind of grew. Wow. I mean, that says something too, though, about your skill and talent and clearly your dedication to it, because, you know, it's not just all like, oh, it's just natural. No, you have to hone in um, on that because opera is not like singing like in a normal choir or something like that. It's very specific. It's very specific. Tell us about some of that specificity um, in terms of like, hey, I love music. And now it's like, oh, I'm a, a full-fledged opera singer. <laughs> yeah. You know, opera, it, it takes a lot of skill. Like, So I started singing with natural talent. And that'll take you to an extent. It'll take you so far. But once you get into the nuance of, of the languages, you know, singing in five different languages, you know, having to memorize a whole entire opera score, having to work with people who don't speak your language, having to travel the world and interact with the cultures that you may not have ever had any connection to. And there's a whole, whole set of skills that go along with being an opera singer outside of singing that makes one successful or not. Yeah, I can only imagine. I mean, you know, I've talked to other opera singers, particularly about that language piece and just Absolutely. how important and integral that is in the art form of opera. Um, But uh, of course, you know, I I mean, I got to get to it because I saw you in blue and blue for me is the first opera. I'm so grateful to Josh (laughs) because Josh like, no, I'm telling you, you got to come and see this. And, and, and I was like, well, okay, I don't know anything about opera, but let me interview one of the guys going to be on the, you know, cast and let me come. And then I stayed for the Q and a after I was so intrigued by the entire process because in my mind I thought wow you mean to tell me that there's a way to infuse black folks lived experience Mm. in the world of opera Mm -hmm. in this art form Mm -hmm. and I really had never contemplated that before but you did such a phenomenal job and there was so much emotion in your role and in that entire show tell us about that experience for you Blue, blue for me was a game changer. You know, I often say there's, there's me pre blue and post blue. Um, before I encountered blue, I often felt like a guest in this world of opera. You know, I having to imagine myself being a king or the devil or a god, you know, those things are so foreign to me. So I was acting those parts, I was playing those parts. And often, you know, being a black man singing and, you know, singing, being King Philip singing as a black man, it's just, there's a disconnect there. Um, But when I saw the libretto and heard the score for Blue, for the first time for me, it was like, oh, that's me. You know, that is, that's my father. You know, that's my auntie. That's my mother. Like, I know these people. I know, like, a deep know these people. So for me, it was the first time I got to be on stage and just be myself, you know, and be a black man. And as all operas, there is that love and and tragedy that happens in the stories. And Blue was written about police violence. It was written about, you know, the loss of a black life, which is a lot of what we were dealing with in society at the time that it was written. So there was a lot of raw emotions when I first started doing Blue. And I went in, it was the first time I could go into rehearsal and just be angry. You know, I was angry in those first rehearsals, but it was so cathartic to sing that score that we literally sat on the floor as a cast and cried sometimes because it was so much of, of a release. And as an artist, you know, do art because it touches something in you. 
Blue for me was the first time I could find myself in opera. Mm-hmm. It, it changed me. It changed how I perform. It changed how I approach every other opera after that. That just gave me goosies. Mm. I mean, the, you know, the, the idea that what you were experiencing and what the cast was experiencing internally was definitely felt, particularly, I think, by black audience oh, members absolutely. in the like there was a real I mean, I was sitting next to and I I, I probably told this story before you also forgive me, but I was sitting next to a uh, older white woman. And she was just bawling, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't have, t- I can't really ball because, like, I, this is this is like so real for me. Plus, yeah. with my activism hat on, I'm out here in the community. I'm leading protests, thousands of people behind me. I am experiencing a part of my life here, and so I just wanted to be so in tune to every moment of it yeah. that I didn't allow myself to get wrapped up in the emotion of it. And it was interesting because after some of the questions that were asked were, it was clear there was such a huge disconnect for so many that were in the audience. Yeah. Cause like they've never been even exposed to this story. Cause maybe they turn the channel when those news stories come up or maybe they're not really, you know, they don't have to they absorb have to it. it yeah. Right. And whereas for me, I'm like, I don't have a choice. I got two sons yeah. You know what I mean? Who are going to be black men in this world. I don't have a choice. And so that 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 part for me was so visceral and was so real. And I just have to thank you for it because y'all put everything on that stage, mm. gave it all. And it was something that was completely felt. I took my best friend with me. We were, she was like, oh my gosh, what is this? I'm like, I know, right? Yeah. What is this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and is this opera? So as you continue, clearly that has a, a big, you know, leaves a big part for you, you know, something that you carry forward into other roles. How would you say it really kind of changed you now as you look at the next role? I mean, now Dawes Wongold, how, yeah. how do you then embody what you experience there in the role you're playing? Of course. So, you know, Blue was so close. Um, you know, the first couple of roles I did after Blue that, you know, were just foreign to me, like in you know, other, other, other operas, it felt empty. Like it felt fake, you know? So now I look for my way in through my black lens, if that makes any sense. Mm. Um, there's a cultural understanding of situation. And you, you realize all opera, every opera deals with the humanity of a person, or the humanity of, of a people. And before Blue, I never attached my own humanity to characters. I always thought, it, what, what, is it, what, would, what would it be like to be in this time frame? Not necessarily thinking about what it would be like to be Kenneth in this time frame, what it would be like to have my life experience in this time frame. I thought, okay, you know, a man in this time frame would do this and I would put on that character. I would act. So now when I look at characters, I, I think of, you know, what would Kenneth's life with his life experience be like in this time frame? So doing Das Rheingold, you know, I've, I've taken to, to social media, my, my social media, and I try to explain characters with a modern sentiment. So I always think about, you know, what would, what would Fafner listen to? What would his playlist be? And Fafner is, he's the Malcolm X of Das Reingold. <laughs> you know, he is, he, he, he is that character who, like, I, I wrote on Facebook, he's like, Fafner's not for the shits. Like, mm-hmm. he wants what he wants. He did his job, give him his money. Like, he doesn't want to hear anything else. So when I'm thinking about that playlist and thinking about modern characters that I could attach to, 
so in, in Das Rheingold, they're two brothers. One is a lover and one is like Tupac, you know? So I was thinking about, you know, outcasts and I was thinking about Andre and Big Boy. And they are a perfect analogy to Fafner and Fazolt and Rheingold. And so this playlist, you know, I had, you know, Big better give me my, like yeah. Rihanna, of yeah. course. And then, you know, Little Wayne's Duffel Bag Boy, that is Fafner. <laughs> so, so going from blue, and I, I attach, you know, how I, my life experience would live through these characters, you know, and I, I find the experience much more richer and my community, you know, people I talk to about opera in that way, they understand it so much, so much better. Wow. That's really deep. I've actually never heard anyone share that that's how you can get into character, but I am with it. Absolutely. I mean, I'm (laughs) completely with it because it makes so much sense to me and makes it more real, obviously, for you. Right. Uh, But for me, again, I can't wait to see this. Uh, You know, I'll be there on the 20th and I get to see it in action because I'm like, as you're explaining that, I know I'm going to feel that as an audience member. And that for me is one of the things that I have really began to understand and identify with my love for opera. And I've talked to Josh about this, but the idea that the stories take on so many different life forms and the music is the guiding light, but then there's so much more in terms of the costumes and the set. You know, how, how is that for Das Rheingold? I mean, are we, are we getting into some stuff? Y'all no, it's, to, it's the What's costumes are at? absolutely beautiful. And the makeup is like it's it's beautiful. It's one of those beautiful productions I've ever been a part of. Wow. The director and the designer are very creative in their producing the, this piece. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's kind of set in in the future <laughs> um, with this very earthy feel to it. You know, it keeps you connected to the humanity of these characters. And I always say, I mean, I think that's. That's the beauty of, of, of opera. You know, the goal of an artist is to express something through whatever medium it is. When you're telling your story about Kimmet earlier and seeing the, the, the stone books, you know, it, it, it hit me very recently that, you know, artists are the vehicle for culture. They're the vehicle for history. You know, there's a lot of things that, you know, those people, you know, from Kimmet, don't exist anymore. They can't tell their stories, but the art that they left behind, so much can be gleaned from that. So to be an artist and to tell our story and leave that history for people, it's empowering to me as as an artist. I, I love being a part of the art community for that reason. Yeah, I'm right there with you in that regard. When I think about media for me, um, I'm always using the term impact media because if I'm not making an impact with my show here, uh, the ways that I'm able to really just sit here, have an amazing conversation with you and share your life experience for the audience, like what am I doing? If I don't have the platform that is uplifting stories that otherwise wouldn't be told, what am I doing? So there's always something for me that's that driving force. Um, And I'm so glad that you had time and your busy schedule to be with oh, me today. Like this my is pleasure. just phenomenal. Of course, as you think about the one thing you want the audience to walk away from as they come and see Das Rheingold, let them know right there. I mean, what is yeah. that one thing you want them to really walk away with? I think Das Rheingold and Wagner in particular, I mean, opera, we'll just talk about opera in particular. Opera can often be intimidating because we feel like it's not a part of us. We feel like it's not telling our stories. 
But every story is told in opera. Opera is about the humanity of people. And being part of that human experience, your story can be found in, in opera. Wow. Oh, well, I, I'll say I agree because I've been able to see plenty of them at this yeah. point. And I'm constantly, you know, hit with the story. And it's like, oh, that's touching because it's somehow connecting to my own lived experience. Kenneth Kellogg, thank my you pleasure. so my much. Pleasure. This has thank been you. phenomenal. Yeah. Wow. Y'all, of course, you got to get to Seattle Opera and get your tickets today. It is still going on. I'm going to be there on the 20th. I'm excited to see this live in full effect. And of course, to see Kenneth do his thing. So make sure you get your tickets today. Go right on over to Seattle Opera's website um, and buy your tickets, y'all. This is one of those shows where you want to bring your friends. You want to have that good experience. And he just let us know he's going to be putting it all out there on the stage once again. <laughs> So make sure you get your tickets. Of course, I get to wrap it all up right after this short break. Stay tuned, y'all. You're watching The Day with Trey. Hey, I'm Basil Gordon. You may have heard my voice on Hits 1061 or seen me on Converge Media, but now I'm coming to TV. I'm hosting the newest show on Fox 13 called Back to Basa. Check us out every weekend for the hottest topics, interviews, the latest trends, and uplifting stories. We're going to have so much fun, and teams, we got you too. Back to Basa Saturday nights, 10.30 on Fox 13, and Sundays at 10 a.m. on Fox 13 Plus. Welcome back, everyone, to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. What a phenomenal episode with Kenneth Kellogg today, y'all, from Das Rheingold. Make sure you go to Seattle Opera and get your tickets today. I cannot wait to see him on the stage once again. For any of y'all who have seen him in previous shows like I did in Blue, you're definitely up for a full treat, so make sure you tap in with him. Huge shout-out to him for being here with me today. And I am so grateful that I am back and just... I get to start my week with all you lovely beings out there. Thank you so much for watching and supporting us here on The Day with Trey. Of course, y'all. I want y'all to be inspired by his story. You heard him share how he was a young person and found a love of music at a young age and continued on. And now he's on stages all over the world doing his part to be a part of the solution by uplifting and sharing stories and also making it clear that black folks are involved in opera. So for all of you out there who think it's not for you, trust and believe. I want to tell you, I've been transformed by all of the shows I've been able to see. I want y'all to come to the opera and be transformed. But even if you don't come, you know, be inspired by his story so you too can find your way to see yourself as a part of the solution as Kenneth has. And of course, y'all, for me, until tomorrow at 11 a.m., peace. <laughs> Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.